Welcome to our Tignum Thoughtcast, where we get together with our clients, experts, and we dig a little deeper into one of our Tignum thoughts. Today, we have a special Tignum Thoughtcast. I'm actually sitting here with my partner and co-founder and our CEO of Tignum, Yogi Ripple. So welcome, Yogi. It's great to have you on our Thoughtcast. Hey, Scott. Great to be here. Today, we're going to do something a little different because we've been on many different panel discussions lately, and our clients have sent us a lot of questions. And we thought with this kind of transition out of COVID and back into this new now, this is a great opportunity to build on our, our last Tignum thought around what is actually needed for that. And so what I thought would be great, Yogi, is if I just maybe share some of the questions that have come up, and then we can just answer them together and kind of build upon each other's thoughts. How's that sound? Sounds like a perfect plan. All right. So the first one, which comes up a lot, which is fascinating. Of course, people always want to know what is the word name Tignum mean, which is Latin for a beam, a beam that is invisibly supports our clients or beam of light that illuminates our clients with new ways of thinking. But what they asked is, can you guys share a little bit about why and how you even created Tignum? Let me, let me tackle that one, I guess. So I would say the starting point was the cancer of my dad. Um, when I supported him, I actually realized it, it was, there was not much out there on how to support him best, like how to give him energy and how to help him, for instance, with his mindset. And that was at a time when I supported him, when I also started my MBA at the IMD Business School in Lausanne. And as one of the projects there was an entrepreneurial project, I picked this topic like cancer and how to support the support thinking, like what, what can be done here. And while working on this topic uh, with some experts from the World Health Organization and some, some cancer experts, I came across a study that, that actually said a huge percentage of the cancer causes are linked to lifestyle. And I said, okay, you know, we need to, we need to do here something and, and broaden this here to bigger topics. And then in this project, we connected all the dots, you know, came up with a lot of different ideas. And um, at, at the end, this is where more or less Tignum idea was born. And then after the MBA, you know, I wanted to bring this fully alive, make it make it happen. And I'm a branding guy, so with a branding background, and so I needed experts traveled around the world to find like the best people around brain and physiology. And as remember, I came to Athletes Performance, the number one training institute for elite athletes, and that's where I actually met you in a in a cold plunge, and and that's where where it started and where where we both met. And you know, this is probably where you can take on the story and then finalize the story. Yeah. And I remember as we were sitting and trying to understand why both of us were sitting in a cold plunge, obviously at athletes performance. And I shared with you that my father also passed away at 53. So way too young, especially now as we're getting older, that seems like very young. And your, your first inclination was, you know, this concept of, uh, early treatment versus prevention. And then I started bringing into the discussion about actually, you could have a performance orientation. How do you actually perform your highest under stress, which is what our focus was in the fire department, and link that to where the side effect was actually people got more well. And rather than take the common approach, which was just sprinkle a little bit of health and wellness on everybody and all of a sudden just assume everyone's better. And so I think this is kind of in our DNA. This idea of not looking for the low bar, the low hanging fruit, but actually this drive to help our clients meet them where they are in the, in the highest demanding environments where performance is required, where it has such an impact on the value of their company, the value of their business, the impact they'll have on their, their patients, their customers, 
But also this one nuance that you and I kind of really built in, I think, is that it was equally as important that our clients went home and were their best at home so they could make the biggest impact away. And I think this is kind of built into the way we met and built into the way we've built Tignum, would you say? Absolutely. And then we were like kind of trying to figure out like how do we actually label this? And and that's where we came up with the term sustainable human performance or sustainable high performance. And to to give it a, a, a term for that, because there was nothing out there at that time. And we we started the company over 15 years ago and there were not many players out there. There was no budget in companies for for something like that. And um, so we kind of, you know, tried to to lead the way here. Um, and this is what we tried to do. Yes. Yeah. So it's interesting. The next question kind of feeds right into that. And you being a marketing and communications background, um, why is it that we at Tignum have evolved? You know, we started with sustainable high performance and then we evolved into sustainable high impact and then back to sustainable high performance. And now we're talking about sustainable human performance. Why is this constant evolution happening and how do we help our clients make sense out of that? Well, it- at the end, I mean, the, the umbrella is is always like, how do we improve personal readiness? And personal readiness is then linked to sustainable human performance. And as you said, this is about how to make an impact or maximize the impact on your world, whether it's at work and, and outside of work. And um, so we, we played around with lots of different terms, but we we changed like the terminology sometimes, like you know, sharpened a little bit the nuances, but mainly from the market, what, what's happening outside the market. And if you look back the last 15 years, I mean, we went through a couple of different periods. Like there was a financial crisis in between. Now we have this COVID crisis and, and like, you know, different times also, you know, create different types of appetite for people or different like focus what people want out there. And that's why we shifted around a little bit and, and played around with different terminology. But the core is always the same. I mean, it's sustainable human performance to maximize the impact you can make. Um, so that that's why we always stay to our core. So it's actually a very simple story. It looks probably a little bit more complex from the outside, but um, you know that that's what it is. Yeah, people probably wouldn't recognize, but behind the scenes, you and I both share the same quirk, and that quirk is that we're never satisfied. So we're meeting every week trying to figure out how we can make our stuff better, and even using our science and innovation board, where we're looking for the latest research and looking for the nuance of how we can sharpen our tools, sharpen our methodology, challenge our thinking and see if it's still right. And you and I both know the world is constantly changing in 20, this, you know, this decade of 2020s will probably be the most challenging on humans and on leaders and on executives that we've ever seen. So if we're not constantly sharpening our tools, there's no way we could continue to help our clients. Yeah, it's absolutely right. I mean, we just said it's like, you know, last 10 years is more or less like a warm up for what's coming. I mean, that sounds a little bit radical, but that's in a way how we see it. And, you know, you constantly have to sharpen it because things are changing. You get new insights, you get new research. And as you said, with our science innovation board, um, and then, you know, the, the world is complex. Physiology is complex. Brain is complex. And business environment is complex. So it's a, it's a topic which is so fascinating, but you can't just stick to stuff that worked like five years ago or 10 years ago. I mean, it's, it's constantly sharpening and, and find like, you know, what works for you, what, what doesn't work for you and, and how to make it like, you know, as we said, always with target of, of creating the highest impact for you and people around you. Yeah, which fits perfect into, our, into the next question that one of our clients asked. 
And that is as the world gets more complex and it keeps moving faster and faster at the pace that you just referred to, do you think that we'll ever reach a point where people just can't be sustainable high performers anymore? It's just not possible. Well, I think I'll give that question to you since you're the <laughs> expert in that field here. Yeah. Okay. So it's a, it's a really good question, but then I think people, when they ask that question, misunderstand our approach. So the approach is not that you need more time or that you need more energy because you're already spending time and energy. It's how can you work and live in a smarter, more strategic, purposeful way that you actually could make a bigger impact. And a perfect example came up in a story, an interview you and I just did in Monocle Magazine, where um, I was explaining that one of the things in the fire department that you learn when I was a firefighter is that that four minutes when you're responding to a call gives you a transition. And in that transition, you are mentally, physically, emotionally, you know, preparing to be able to be your best on that call to help people or who are having a terrible day. And that actually the toughest days or the toughest calls are when someone just knocks on the door, hands you their baby and says, my baby's not breathing. And you realize that without that transition, you emotionally get overwhelmed so quickly. And we realized that early that business people act like and, and plan their calendar like that, where they don't build any transitions. And therefore, without just even a four-minute transition, which is perfectly doable in the busiest day, or a one-minute transition, which sometimes happens also. And so one of the things that I feel like we've really tried to do is and this is where well-being and wellness cannot do this because they're not about these types of things, is what can I do in a minute that can help me be prepared, be intentional, be able to maximize my impact in the next intervention, the next meeting, the next event that I'm going to have? And that, I think, is, is necessary. So I think as the world gets faster and faster, busier and busier, actually sustainable high performance, sustainable human performance becomes even more relevant. And in some ways, even starts to show the gap that just being well or well-being is not going to be enough. Yeah, and it, it needs, I mean, as we always talk about, it's a skill you, you have to have in, in, in your tool skills, like in, in your you know, elements you have in, in your job and you know, your functional readiness, your personal readiness. But what I think is, is required as well here is a, is a kind of a paradigm shift in, in thinking. Because when people hear now, you know, times are getting tougher or the project is getting tougher. I mean, they always think then like, oh, how can I survive through this? And instead, and like what our approach is that, you know, why can't we actually think at the end of the project, we're actually 10% better? Why should that not be possible? And 10% better meaning at the end of a tough project or a tough period, um, I have more actually more energy. I have better mental agility. I'm more resilient. Um, I actually also maybe have more fun and I'm more inspiring. So why should that not be possible? And uh, instead, people, you know, what we see a lot in organizations also in, in HR is that um, it's, it's always this kind of how can you avoid a crisis instead of actually thinking about like how can you make people better? And there's then always like the fear about like, yeah, but, you know, it's perceived as squeezing more out of people. And, you know, in our thinking is actually it's not about squeezing more. Yes, it is more, but it's more about more quality, more satisfaction, better thinking, um, you know, fuller batteries and, you know, um, and, and just being better. And that's exciting. But again, it requires a little bit of paradigm shift of looking away from the crisis, um, you know, the, the, the sinking mode to towards the, what's actually possible. And, and that's still um, lacking a little bit. Yeah, it fits perfect into the next question. 
which is why isn't just being healthier enough? And I think you started to answer it, which is perfect. And I'm going to jump on top of it a little bit here. And it's funny because in our coaching, you know, and collectively across our team of coaches, we we have 20,000, 30,000 hours of coaching experience where we learn so much about how strategies work with our clients. You kind of recognize four kind of archetypes, right? There's the people who have no plan and they just wing things. They think that just being talented or smart is enough. And we found that they're probably leaving about 20% of the impact they could make on the table. And then there's the kind of athlete, the people that really do think the answer to everything is I'm just going to be healthy. And so I'm going to crush it in the gym every morning, or I'm going to do super long meditations and make for make sure that I'm, I'm mindful. But then what they tell us is by 11 o'clock in the morning, one o'clock in the afternoon, they're starting to get tired. They're starting to get brain fog. And this is the reason that that may not be enough because it takes energy and it's not built in throughout the day. And so we'd say that they probably leave about 5% of the impact on the table. And now we start to see this trend of what we call the passive receiver, right? The people who someone else builds into their calendar a little bit of space or someone else builds in a moment of Zen. And they think that just by sprinkling this on, all of a sudden they're going to be a super high performer. But the, the truth is that we have found is without the purposefulness of why you're doing it, without the intentionality and the strategic approach to, to making a bigger impact, they still don't make a bigger impact. They're probably at kind of a 0% sum. And luckily, we've had the experience to see what, what you and I have called sustainable human performers. They approach their day very strategic. So what movement they're going to do in the morning changes depending on the load of the day. They have this equation in their brain of kind of looking at how load and recovery work together to make the biggest impact. They transition between meetings. They transition between the start of their day to the middle of the day to the end of the day. They transition from work to home. They know where their critical impact events are. So they're already going to go to those meetings, but now they use strategies to make sure they maximize their impact. And the feedback we've gotten in our data shows that those people can improve their impact by 20%. And what's fascinating about that is the number one prevention of burnout is doing something that matters, making an impact, as it turns out, maybe one of the most important things for mental health, which is why you and I, we always come back to this idea and our coaches share with us all the time. This is the side effect, one of the many great side effects while keeping the purpose about making a bigger impact. Yeah, let me let me just quickly jump in because what, what you just said is is obviously, you know, it's it's that it's about a lot of different types of strategies which you apply depending on what your needs are, what your challenges are, and it's not just let's say one strategy and you apply that every every single day, and and that's what's so baffling at the moment. Also, what we see as trends. I mean, people often jump on the shiny objects that that they're around, like you know. Uh, let's say whether it's meditation or mindfulness, and that doesn't mean that you know we we totally see the benefit of that. We totally uh, think those techniques and strategies are are super helpful. I mean, there's so much research about that, and you know we also obviously promote um, those kind of things. But it's those strategies are just one or two out of so many. And the idea is, as you just described, like in in different settings, different challenges, um, just to be able to apply uh, with a purpose. What, what makes the most sense for this situation or this challenge? And, you know, the challenge you have today might be very different than you have tomorrow or next week. You know, it could be a difficult conversation, it could be a big presentation, it could be a travel, it could be like, 
you know, back-to-back meetings could be so many different things and you need different elements or different tools and strategies for that. And I think that's what, what is a big difference in, in our approach that we provide this kind of toolkit um, for our clients instead of just focusing on one or two techniques because COVID has shown, I mean, that's like, I, I don't want to negatively hammer meditation or mindfulness, or whatever, not at all, because they're like, um, you know, as, as, we, as I said, like highly important and, and very good. But COVID, for instance, showed like, you know, that people start struggling, even people who, as you mentioned before, just sitting on the Peloton or, you know, doing those kind of meditations every day, it didn't help them. It still um, led to the fact that they struggled and because they were just missing other tools. Yeah, I think the, the other piece to what you're describing is the bio-individuality, that we're all different. Today, I had two, two of my coaching calls this morning. I had one client, a CEO, who tried intermittent fasting, and it completely destroyed his metabolism. And he's still, now we're two or three months into trying to get things balanced, and he had a perfect routine before. And some of it had to do with the stress he was under, and, and it was bad timing, but it didn't work for him. Then my next call, that client, Intermittent fasting was perfect for him because his digestion is not going in the morning. He does better when he stretches it out. He feels more mentally sharp. Same tool, works for one person, doesn't work for another. And we were also discussing, you know, if you were working at home, there's one routine that probably worked well for you. But now you might be going to the office where you need to change your routine. And tomorrow you might be traveling on the road again. Hopefully we'll get back to normal. And I'll need a different routine. And so the idea of the toolbox is super critical because I can even adapt for myself what tools I need to use today to help me make the biggest impact. But it always comes back to the one thing. My goal is to make the biggest impact and to do it in the most sustainable way. And I think that's, that's the toolbox approach that we've built, which comes to another great question. Maybe we'll just make this our last question, but where do you see the future of sustainable human performance going? Well, I mean, what, what we clearly can see now, it's, uh, you know, in, in a provocative way, we could say in the past, people still perceived it a little bit as a nice to have and not a strategic must. And now with times are getting a little bit more difficult. And as you said before, like the 2020s will be very demanding with all the disruptions are coming, AI explosion, etc. Um, I, I can clearly see that more and more people see this as a strategic sustainable health performance is a strategic must. It's a skill they have to have and a skill they, they need to constantly work on and improve on. And this combined with this toolbox approach that you basically create your, your toolbox and personalize them to you so that you know exactly depending what's on your plate, what kind of load you have, what challenges you're facing, that you can apply the right strategies that, that you can make that impact and you don't actually leave your performance or your impact to chance. I mean, you can actually design that. And I think there's more and more awareness about that. And um, so people realize that like the typical, let's say, seminar approach or e-learning approach that doesn't work in this kind of complexity where, you know, the business environment is complex. And as I mentioned before, you know, physiology in the brain is complex. You need to have a different thinking here and it needs this paradigm shift here. Um, and then I would say the other part is is very strong part is to look at it actually from a team perspective, right? Well, in many organizations, they still approach this kind of topic when it's about human performance or you know humans in general to try to do like a one size fits all approach to an organization or you know or at least at level a level approach. 
I think this this will shift in the future to really a pure team type approach to support teams and different teams have different needs, same like with the individual needs, um, and to equip them with with the right sustainable high performance tools and strategies for that. So quick fixes, you know, and typical band aids they, they won't work now in this time. It needs real strategic, smart implementation, and um, you know needs a different thinking here. Yeah, I would even add to that that the role of a leader is going to grow and be different. You know, if you take the Novartis approach to unbossing, where leaders are less hierarchical and less kind of imposing demands on their workers, but instead supportive and unlocking the potential, that type of leadership you see more and more, you could call it whatever you want to call. But in the end, leaders are going to have to be the chief sustainable high performance or sustainable human performance people for the team. They're going to have to keep the conversation going. They're going to have to be looking at the load of their team and asking, are they really ready for the load and the challenges that are coming? They're going to have to use their people strategically like sports teams do, where you know who's ready for the next big challenge and maybe who's not and who's got the specific talent for that challenge. They're going to have to become chief belief builders. So that means they're going to have to have an unbelievable performance mindset, even under high stress, because we know that when the leader is chaotic, the whole team doesn't have a chance. They're chaotic and they're overwhelmed. And so being able to lead with calmness and emotional control, even in a highly dynamic and challenging world, is going to be critical. And they're going to be the chief reframe officer, helping their team look at it different and make sense out of the complexity of what they're dealing with. I mean, it's a topic you and I have discussed a lot lately, sense-making. As things get more and more complex, how can I take in more diverse uh, types of information and process it and simplify it and challenge our own biases, both collectively as a team and individual bias, so that we can make sense out of the world we're in? Or else what we're going to find is we're trying to live a decade ago today, and that doesn't work. And we've seen that over and over. Businesses are failing because they're trying that. So it's fascinating stuff ahead. Um, it's, it's exciting. <laughs> so, but also, I mean, it means that, you know, unfortunately or not unfortunately, but we need to move out of the comfort zone, right? Because it's about what you said is, is also about, you know, changing habits and, and changing the approach. But, um, you know, I would say a lot of people who work with, they have already great habits. So it's, it's often just about tweaking some stuff and, and having this awareness and uh, to, to adding this kind of additional thinking you, you just outlined. Um, and then, you know, this, this kind of, decade with all the disruptions. I mean, it sounds like scary, but on the other hand, it's not scary. It's exciting because uh, a lot of new opportunities are coming up. And uh, so, you know, being ready for that and being prepared. So I think that's, that's, that's critical to make it exciting and to create this impact. So I think readiness is just like really this personal readiness or team readiness is, is a, is a topic that's probably one of the, the key elements um, around all this. Yeah, I totally agree. And one of the things I love is your passion around the topic. And uh, here we've been, you and I have known each other 18 years. We've been doing this 17 years and your passion grows rather than diminishes. And ultimately, isn't that what it's all about is loving what you're doing and making a big impact. And so as we wrap up, what we always try to do here is give our listeners a couple questions to maybe reflect on. So I'm going to throw one out, Yogi. Maybe you'll have one, but I would love for each of us to just reflect on where, are, where am I personally on my sustainable human performance habits and my sustainable human performance tools? Do I feel like I have a system that is adaptable and that I can 
draw from when I'm having my most difficult days or do I just throw it out the window because today I'm too busy because that's not going to lead to the biggest impact. So that might be one thing for people to reflect on. Yeah, I just want to chip in maybe. We talked about like being 10% better. So what is your 10% better? Like you're 10% better in three months, you're 10% better at the end of the year um, after a tough project. What are the elements of your 10% better? That's a great question. Perfect. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you, Yogi, for joining me. This is always fun to do. And uh, hopefully our, our listeners took something away. And we look forward to working with our clients and helping them make the impact and be ready as we just discussed. Thanks, God. It was fun.